Well, this morning, if you have your Bible, we're going to continue in a series called uh, Living Generously. Uh, if you have your Bible, I want you to turn to Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. And uh, today is Pentecost Sunday. Most people don't know what that means. Some people think, you know, when I say, when I say Pentecost, some of you are like, oh, because you had, you had a bad experience, you know, maybe you went someplace or you had a, you know, uh, some kind of experience and you hear the word uh, Pentecost and you're like, well, what does that mean? Here's, here, I, I want to demystify it for you a little bit. The word uh, Pentecost, literally, it just means 50, penta, it just means 50. And uh, because it's 50 days actually from the resurrection and uh, it's, it's incredible uh, that God chose to pour out the person of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. Listen, the generosity of Jesus sets the stage for Pentecost. Do you know how generous Jesus was with us? He was so generous. He was marred more than any other man, beaten, spat upon. He gave himself fully to the cross. He was pierced in his hands, feet, and side, was marred, was bruised, punched, insulted, and deserved none of it when we deserved all of it. How many of you know Jesus was generous with us? But I want you to know that there was a gift behind the generosity. The gift behind the generosity is the person of the Holy Spirit. It is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And on this Pentecost Sunday, I want to encourage everybody, if you have never been baptized in the Holy Spirit and you've never received that prayer language, you say, this message isn't even about that today, but I want to say, if you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, we want to pray for you today because Jesus wants to give you the generous gift of his presence. It will change your life. It's the game changer. It's actually what leads to multiplication. Now, there's something that you need to know about Pentecost. Pentecost is prophesied in all four gospels. It's prophesied in all four, four gospels by John the Baptist. It's recorded in all four gospels. There's only a handful of things that are actually in all four gospels, by the way. Uh, the the Jesus' uh, death, burial, and resurrection, that's all four gospels. Um, the, the prophetic utterance of John the Baptist about the ministry of Jesus concerning Pentecost, he says, I come uh, baptizing you in water, but there is one coming after me whose sandal I am not worthy to loose. He will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. That's all four gospels. It says it once, twice, three times, and four times. How many of you know that if God says something once, you ought to listen? But if he says it four times, boy, I tell you, he's saying, listen up, listen up. Now, today's sermon is all about multiplied blessings. And it's actually, I, I love the, the, the connection that God tends to make toward um, when something appears in all four gospels and the, the connection, how he connects these things and intertwines them. There is one miracle one, 
that appears, apart from the, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, obviously that's a, a, that's a miracle, but there is one miracle that Jesus performed that appears in all four Gospels. And that is the feeding of the 5,000. That's the miracle that is recorded in all the Gospels. And I actually saw a similarity between Pentecost and the feeding of the 5,000. That which was prophesied about, did you know that Jesus is the one that baptizes you in the Holy Spirit? Did you know that? It's his personal ministry. He, it's, he's not just, it's not just baptizing you into the body of Christ. That actually is the Holy Spirit's job. The Holy Spirit, when you get saved, baptizes you into Jesus. But then Jesus says, I would like to introduce you to my friend, the Holy Spirit. And he then baptizes you in, immerses you in the Holy Spirit. Now, I've got, uh, there's some messages online if you want to hear more about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. There's lots of them in our archives. You can watch those messages, listen to them. I believe you'll be encouraged by them. But today, I want to take you back to a very familiar passage, which is where Jesus feeds the 5,000. And I believe that God wants to take us as a church into an hour, an age, a lifestyle of multiplied blessing. We're going to see some things here. We're going to have some fun uh, with this today. Luke chapter 9, verses 11 through 17 say this. It says, but when the multitudes knew it, they followed him. They, they heard about where Jesus was going. And he received them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who had need of healing. When the day began to wear away, the twelve came and said to him, Send the multitude away, that they may go into the surrounding towns and countries and lodge and get provisions, for we are in a desert, deserted place here. But he said to them, You give them something to eat. And they said, We have no more than five loaves and two fish, unless we go and buy food for all these people. For... There were about 5,000 men. Then he said to his disciples, make them sit down in groups of 50. And they did so. And he made them all sit down. Then he took the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke them and gave them to the disciples to set before the multitude. So they all ate and were filled and 12 baskets of leftover fragments were taken up. Now, uh, I, I today, uh, I don't know about you, but there are many things that I want God to just kind of roll back time on. You know, in heaven, you know, he lives in eternity. So, I, you know, I think he could just roll back time so we get to watch the replay of some major events. You know, I, I, there's a lot of them that I want to see. But this, this would be one of them. And, and today, I, I, I want to kind of take you into the story. I want you to do uh, maybe what you might, might have done as a child. I, wanna, I want you to imagine if you were there. And we're going we're gonna to walk through this moment of the feeding of the 5,000, which is the first thing that I want to address. It says 5,000 men. The way that they counted crowds was by the men. That does not include women and children. 
Uh, most theologians believe that this quite possibly was the largest crowd that Jesus ever ministered to, uh, and the size of this crowd was, was in excess of 20,000 people. It was just the men that were numbered. And so that means that, that the men over 30 and so there would have been all kinds of young people there. There would have been women there. And so you're talking about 20,000 people. And, and can you imagine this? Now, now, what Jesus was doing right before this, he had been ministering, and he says, says to his disciples, hey, guys, you guys want to take a little, little respite? You want to you get a little rest? And I, I can imagine the disciples, you know, they're like, yeah, Jesus, that'd be so good. Let's just, let's just cut away and we'll get a little rest. And he says, okay, here's what we'll do. We'll, we'll, we'll just, we'll go find a private place. And so he says, what they start off in that direction. Well, guess what? Somebody found out Jesus's vacation plans. You ever have somebody crash a party and they weren't invited? Well, let me just tell you, Jesus had, had, had come to say, say, listen, I want you to get some rest, guys. Hey, we're going to get some rest. He's telling his disciples, you're going to get to recharge. You're, gonna, you're, gonna, you're, you're really going to get what you need. You're going to be ready you know, in a couple more days for us to keep going. And yet, not, 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 a, not, a, not a family, not two families, but 20,000 people interrupted their vacation. And can you imagine how the disciples felt when, what, when Jesus did what he said he did? It says, and Jesus received them. Can you imagine Peter over here talking to Andrew? What is he doing? Doesn't he know I need rest? You know how we've been going, right? And going and going and going. He, he said, come follow me, but I didn't know it was never going to stop. <laughs> he said, we were going on vacation. I thought it was a timeshare. I didn't know it meant he was going to share all of our time with 20,000 people. <laughs> and it says, Jesus received them. And then he begins to preach. And then he starts healing these masses. Now, it'd be one thing, okay, all right, the disciples shake it off. We're good Jews, okay? We can, we can be generous, okay? All right, Jesus, you have... Until 11.55 to be done with this service. But at that time, we're done. We're done. How many know sometimes Jesus isn't on your time schedule? And Jesus just, he just keeps ministering. He keeps healing. And believe me, this men... This scene probably happened in football season. I just wanted the men in the room to really feel it, okay? 
I wanted you to really feel it. It happened in football season. And now, now it's 1 o'clock and 2 o'clock and 2.30. You're like, oh, man, first half is already over. And 3 o'clock, you say, well, how do you know? Because the scripture says, and the day began to wear away. It's late in the afternoon. And then probably about 4 o'clock, it's keeping on going. You're like, man, I can't even catch the 4 o'clock game. Church is going on and on and on and on. I, I'm just, man, Jesus, he's, you know, I don't, I don't know who they elected to go to Jesus to interrupt the meeting, but that's what they did. He's ministering, he's healing people, he's speaking. And then it says, the disciples came to him. And said, can you imagine this scene? 20,000 people? Can you imagine? I don't know who they elected. They probably elected Peter. Like, you're the talkative one. You go. Why does it always have to be me? Peter says, pardon me. Hey, everybody. Hey, just going to have a minute here with Jesus. Oh, Jesus. This service today, it's been good. It's been real good. But um, the people, they're getting hungry. The people, us, oh man, we could do this all day and all night. We could do this. We, we, it's not us. It's the people send them away so they can get something to eat. And Jesus looks at Peter and says, in the middle of his message, oh, you're concerned about the people. You give them something to eat. And he goes back to ministering. Well, what's Peter got to do? He's got to go back and report to the 11 guys who sent him over to interrupt this meeting. Can you imagine this scene? He comes back and he's like, and they're, they're like, Peter, is he, is he going to send him away? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Well, Peter, what's he going to do? What, 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 how, what's he going to do? What did he say? He... he he said for us to give him something to eat. <laughs> what? Peter, how did you mess this up? We just needed you to get Jesus to end service. Man. Now all the food at the buffet is going to be gone. And then, of course, you know that there was a young lad, and this young lad had five loaves and two fish. And he gave it. And he gave it to them, and then Peter, sa Peter says, oh, I'll, I'll fix this, I'll fix this. He, he says, this is all we got, this is all we got. Five loaves, two fish, Jesus. Sorry, sorry. Five loaves, two fish, that's all we got, so they're going to have to go. Jesus looks at him. That, that, that's enough. Have them sit down in groups of 50. 
And can you imagine the surprise at the 11? I said, well, you, did, did he realize we only have five loaves, two fish, and we had to steal that from that kid who just came back from Long John Silver's? <laughs> yeah, he said to have the people sit down in groups of 50. 20,000 people. And then what happens next is recorded in every gospel because God wants to teach us something about multiplication. I love what happens. It says that they, they brought the food to him. And looking up to heaven, he blessed it, broke it, and gave it to the disciples to set before the multitude. I want you to understand something today. That as we've been in this series on generosity, there is a pattern that you need to see all throughout scripture that will work in your life if you choose to step out by faith. And I want to I want to first give you this very clear point. When it comes to what you possess in order to walk in the multiplication that God wants you to walk in, you know, your your gift, your finances, it has to be blessed before it can multiply. It has to be blessed before it can multiply. Notice verse 16. It says, Then he, Jesus, took the five loaves and the two fish, looked up to heaven. He blessed it. He blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples. He blessed it broke it, and gave it to the disciples. This is a picture of, of us returning the tithe to the Lord. It's a beautiful picture of returning the first 10% to the Lord. It is us taking the little, bringing our finances to the Lord. We give, it, we give him, we say, Lord, we'll give you access to all of our finances and he blesses it and breaks it and gives it back to us. He blesses it, breaks it, and gives it back to us. But let me give you the picture of what happened on this day so you can understand what it looks like in our day. So can you imagine Peter says, all right, everybody is sat. Everybody's in the groups of 50. Now we're going to take this, 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 this five barley loaves and these two fish, and we're going to take it to Jesus, and we're going to give it to him, and we're going to see what happens. Now, the, uh, the, these guys were uh, people of the Jewish culture. They knew the stories of their forefathers. 
So they may have known already the story of 2 Kings chapter 4, where Elijah took 20 loaves that were dedicated, first fruit loaves, and he multiplied 20 loaves. The bread was multiplied in the Old Testament, and it fed 100 men. They may have known that. They may have thought, okay, we're going to take this, and we're going we're gonna to give it to him, and boy, he's probably going to do a miracle. But when they took it, and they, and they gave it to Jesus, and he blessed it, he did something unthinkable. Can you imagine? Peter brings over one of those loaves. He's like, give me that loaf. And he gives it to Jesus. Jesus prays over it, breaks it, and gives him back less than what he came with. He gives him back less. Wait a minute. That doesn't make any sense. Jesus, I need you to bless it and give me back more. No, that's not what happened in this story. He blessed it, broke it, and gave each disciple back less. If you want your finances blessed, if you want God to move you into multiplication, what happens is you bring him, you bring him the, uh, and say, God, I give you full access to my life. Here's my finances. You bring him the tithe and you say, God, I want you to bless my finances. I'm going to return the tithe to you. When you do that, what he gives back to you is 90%. He's not giving you back. 100%. He's not giving you back 200%. He's giving you back 90% that has his blessing on it. And 90% that has God's blessing on it can go farther and enter into multiplication. And the way you get God's blessing on your finances is you remove what belongs to the Lord from out of your house. And you say, God, I, I return the tithe which belongs to you. And if you want to hear more about that, go listen to last week's message. I return the first 10%. It belongs to you. And when you do that, the rest is blessed. The rest is blessed. Tithing is an invitation for Jesus' blessing. You say, you really believe that? I do. I want to read to you a scripture I read last week about how personal God gets when it comes to the area of tithing. In Hebrews chapter 7, it says this Here, mortal men receive the tithes. Here on earth, in the storehouse, in the local church, there are people who receive the tenth. When it's, when it's come back, it's the place where God has chosen to place his name. It's where the name of Jesus is elevated. Please go back and listen to that message from last week. You'll hear all of those details. It says, here mortal men receive tithes, but there he, this is Jesus, receives them, of whom it is witnessed that he lives. So you, what, what, what we need to understand is when we return the tithe, what we are doing is we are bringing our little to Jesus so that it is blessed 
Why? Because there are 20,000 and a, a, a huge crowd before us that need salvation, that need feeding, that need healing. They need God to come and move in their life. And what is the catalyst for this moment? The catalyst for this moment is taking what you possess and giving it to Jesus, returning the tithe, him blessing it in preparation for those who are in need. God doesn't want us to just get a revelation of getting. There's been horrific teaching for a long time that's focused on the receiving part. Listen, I want you to understand that clearly through the scripture, biblical prosperity is connected to the blessing of giving, not the blessing of receiving. It is more blessed. Say more blessed. blessed. Say it is more blessed to give than to receive. It is more blessed. Listen, you you don't need to be looking around every corner thinking, I wonder, I wonder where this is going to come in. I wonder if that check is going to, I wonder, you know, Ed McMahon's coming back from the dead, going to knock on my door with, you know, a sweepstakes check on my house. Okay. No. What if. You return the time, God put a blessing on your life, and you were the one that went and knocked on the door and said, God came and spoke to me and said, I'm supposed to pay off all your debt. Did you know that God would do that? Most people don't know that that's our story. We're youth pastors. God had us doing radical giving. We had one income, and at the time, two babies. God had called us to give everything away, and I'm not telling you any of this to to boast. I'm just telling you the process that God took us through. That when you say, God, I want to put you first, your finances will end up blessed. And God said, listen, when I moved here and I saw all the water, I'm like, God, listen, aside from a car, you must have a boat in order to travel. <laughs> and I'm telling you, week one, week one, it was like, man, so good. There was a guy who wanted to start a pressure cleaning business. I happened to have a commercial pressure cleaner, and he happened to have a bass boat sitting in his yard. I'm like, Lord, I see your hand on my life. (laughs) So I said, well, if I give you this, will you just give me the boat? And he said, yes, I will. I'm like, glory to God in the highest. couple years later, though, the Lord said, I want you to give the boat away. This is after he said, you have to give the car away. And we had one car, two little babies, one income, and saying, God, we know you've sent us here to release awakening What are you doing? 
And when we gave the car away and the boat away, it was like a year went by. But one day, in 2003, we heard a knock at the door. And a woman came to our door, knocked on our door, and this is what she said. I want to know the sum total of all of your debt. I'm like, uh, what, what, what do you mean by total? I mean everything. All student loans. Every loan you have. I want the sum total. There were, you know, there were five numbers in that total for us. Now, we knew a little bit about trying to keep debt down. There were five numbers in that debt. And then that day, she wrote the check. And in one moment, we became debt free. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I believe our finances were blessed because in the times when we did not know how we were going to make it, we said, God, I'm putting you first. And we believe that you will bless Whatever you give back to us, the broken piece that you return to us, we know it will be blessed. And he worked a miracle. We didn't, uh, we didn't ask for that. We didn't pursue that. We didn't tell anybody to do that. But we said we have a conviction in our life that we have to put God's fir God first because we want his blessing on our life. Now listen to me. Church... I want to give you a little bit of a prophetic utterance today. You may receive this or you may reject it. It's up to you. But I believe that God is setting Calvary Church up for a wave of supernatural blessing that is unparalleled in the history of this church. But it is directly connected to will you surrender what is in your hand to Jesus so he can bless it and break it and give it back. Did you know that this is actually what happens when you get saved? Anybody ever get, give your life, you gave your life to Christ? And you're like, man, I'm in so much trouble, God. I need you to come through. And you give him everything. And then the next day, you actually feel like you're worse. The next week, you're like, man, I thought things were going to get better and it got worse. You feel like, man, I, I gave you my life, God, but now, you know, I, I felt like I had a handle on life, but now, you know, the friends I have, I don't have those friends anymore. I'm less. You know, I, that, that job you told me to move, and I, you know, and I don't know what to do, you know, and I felt like I had my, uh, a lot more finances. I had a lot more of this or a lot more of that, but God, I feel like I'm less. You know what? God is setting you up for a blessing that could only come from him. When you get born again, what does he do? He blesses you, breaks you. You say, God breaks you? You better believe it. He says, take up your cross and follow him. He says, listen, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. He calls us to death, dying to ourselves. He says, listen, come on, return your life to
to me. I'll bless it. It's going to look broken. What I give back to you is going to look like less, but it'll be blessed. And ultimately, it'll lead to multiplication. And I want to give you this other, this second point is this. It has to be given away before it can multiply. It has to be given away before it can multiply. So we bring it to Jesus, he blesses it, and then what? It has to be given away. Now, Peter, can you imagine, is given back less than what he came to Jesus with. And now, Jesus says, all right, go give it away. And, and, and Peter's got to be like, um, uh, you, you were supposed to you know, turn this half a loaf into ten more. Or 20 more, or a whole lot more. He said, and Jesus is like, no, I gave you what you need. He did not multiply the loaves in his hand. He gave the disciples very little and said, go give it away. Can you imagine the disciples going up to the first one and says, He's got the piece of bread, a little bit of fish. He says, take a really little piece. <laughs> take, a, take a small piece. Oh, Michelle, you're on keto? Good, good, <laughs> good. And don't, don't try to fill up on the fish. I know you guys. Don't try to fill up on the fish. You, small piece. And it gets down to the last crumb in his hand. And when he goes to give it away, it multiplies in his hand. It multiplies in the hands of the disciples as what? As they are giving it away. And listen, I want to tell you, if you want the principle of multiplication in your life in the area of finance, listen, return the tithe. You can't give that. You can only return it or steal it. What you have an opportunity to give is out of the 90%. And then out of that 90%, when you are giving it away and you are living generously with that, here's what happens. It looks like little and you begin to give and then God multiplies and God does a miracle. Listen, it's not just like, okay, he opens the flood himself because he's Jesus and he's just, he's just multiplying the bread. No, no, no. He wants to see, wants you to see that I will take care of you. I will bless you. I will increase you when you give away what I have blessed. Luke 9, 16, he says, he took the five loaves and two fish, looking up to heaven, he blessed them, broke them, and gave them to the disciples. Do you read it here? He gave them to the disciples to set before the multitude. I believe much of the paralyzation in the church is out of fear of what we, how little we possess. 
Most of us are, you know, we're not going out and witnessing. We're not going out and sharing our faith. We're not going out and increasing the kingdom because we just look down at the little that God has given back to us and we wonder, will it be enough for the the masses? Will it be enough for the problems? Will it be enough for the issues of our day? And here's my answer to you. Begin to live generously and start giving away what God has blessed. And it leads to multiplication. And it happened in the hands of the disciples. Now, a few years ago here at Calvary, uh, we, were, we were in a board meeting in end of 2017. And we were, we were beginning to see God uh, bless the church. Uh, we were beginning to see increase. Beginning to see uh, that it was clear that that God was doing something really special in our church. But, but as a church, we had some debt. And it was just uh, connected to the mortgage, really. And we, we and, and, you know, just a few little things. And um, uh, it, was, it was enough, though, that we had this philosophy about debt that we're, we're not supposed to be in debt. So as a board, we're going, okay, we, have, we don't have enough to pay off all of the debt. But we could, we could take some of this and pay it off. And then all of us in that meeting, we were just felt like, you know what? We need, we need to just put this on pause for a minute. We need to take some time and pray. Say, God, what do you want to do? Show us how to navigate this the right way. Well, soon after, uh, uh, right around that time, Pastor Steve Mayanja came. He came and he was preaching and saying, hey, listen, there's a work in Ghana. We, you've partnered with it before. You sent me there. We saw 300 converts under a mango tree in the place that you sent me to. And now they're planting a church. And they're, they want to raise up a school. And they're in need of a van. They're in need of, of, this, uh, of, of some support. So what we did is when he was here, we just took up an offering. Okay, we took up an offering and we gave it to him. We're, we're going to give it to him, and it, it was about, um, it was somewhere around $5,000. It was, it was, it was a, a great offering for what they needed and how far that would go in that region. Um, but it was a couple of days after that, I was driving down the road. As a matter of fact, I remember where I was. I was over in Crystal River, and I was, in, uh, I was on Highway 19, and I can remember calling our, our treasurer, George, and I, I just said, you listen, God just dropped something on my heart. Pastor Steve came and he was telling us about their need for a van for this ministry so that they could bring people in and do all the rest. And I said, I said, the Lord spoke to me and he said, Calvary is to buy that van. He says, well, okay, well, how, how are we supposed to do that? Are we supposed to take up a, a special offering to, to raise those funds? I said, no, I feel like that we are supposed to pay for this van out of the general fund, out of the regular tithes and offerings. Uh, and I said, and I, I just, I, I know that we've been talking in the natural about paying off our debt. But I said, I really feel like God is saying, buy these people this van. So we were 100% bored. Uh, uh, we were all unified. And we said, yep, we feel like it's the Lord. And so uh, in the next couple of days, we wrote a check for $16,000. 5000 of the offering, 11000 to pay for this van. So $16,000. Keep that in mind. Um, and, and what, we, what we had been praying about was, God, 
help us to pay off our debt. Now, that was in January of 2018 when we gave that gift. So February, March, April, May, June, July, six months. And now we're having another board meeting. In six months' time, listen to me, church. In six months' time, God took what we gave as an offering to that ministry and gave us and multiplied our finances in the church over expenses 10 times the gift that we gave to that. We gave them 16,000 in the next in the next 6 months God multiplied us over our expenses, not touching what was already in savings, not touching anything. In six months' time, we saw, listen, a $160,000 increase. And in one day, without taking one special offering, we came out of debt as a church. And I want to tell you, listen, church, when you say, God, I want to give away the little for your cause, God says, I will multiply it back to you. I will take care of those things in the natural, which you couldn't do on your own, but God is able to do, church. It has to be given away. This is why we, we fearlessly and boldly say every week, as you return the tithe and give to missions and give to benevolence. Why? Because we know that's where God is in the multiplication business. Now, there's a practical side of this. Had we not been good stewards at a church, we'd have never been able to do it. We'd have never been able to do it. And I know that many of you in here, you have such a heart of generosity, but if... if uh, uh, the kingdom, when it comes to multiplication and finances, stands on two legs. One is generosity. The second is stewardship. If you're generous and you don't steward well what God has given to you, you will never be able to give the way that God has called you to give. If you are a good steward, that's called tight. And you're not generous, you'll never enter into the blessing that God has for you. You'll never enter into it. I want to tell you today, though, that when you are generous and a good steward, God will multiply back to you. Let me just give you just some simple ones, simple principles of stewardship. First, get debt free. Now, that, 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 that may mean something different for everybody in here. Work that out with the Lord. If you have debt on appreciating items, I think that's good. Why? Because their value is going up. But debt on a credit card is a disaster. Did you know that that, that principle of getting out of debt comes straight from the New Testament? In... in uh, Romans 13, it says, owe no one anything. Do you see those first four words? Owe no one anything? Owe no one anything except what? Love. Other translations say it this way. Owe no man anything except the debt of love. 
Because he who loves has fulfilled the law. You have to get this area and get it in your heart. And that's why we're doing financial peace. We want to undergird you with stewardship principles and teach you and, and grow you in this area. Because listen, God wants to multiply your influence. Secondly, don't manipulate. The temptation is, is when you become generous, is to let people know how generous you are. Jesus addressed this in the Sermon on the Mount. He says, when you give, Matthew 6, it says, so when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward. He's saying, listen, when, you're, when you give, do it in secret, and the God who sees in secret will reward you openly. You don't have to manipulate to get God to bless you. God is able to speak to people by the power of the Holy Spirit, and if somebody is supposed to sow into your life, they will. Never manipulate. And then lastly, it's very simple. Live generously. Commit to generosity. So I'm going to live this way. I'm going to live generously. There are going to be times where, man, it just comes against you. You say, why am I supposed to live generously? Here's why. Because God poured the Holy Spirit out on you. And those he pours his spirit out on, he says this. Freely you have received, freely give. Do you know what else is in that verse? Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers. You know why they're connected? Because when you get blessed by Jesus and get born again, in order to enter into multiplication, you need the baptism in the Holy Spirit. On the day of Pentecost, there was a multiplication of influence. They went from 120 to 3,000 in a matter of moments. That did not happen in the 50 days between the resurrection and Pentecost. We need the blessing of the ministry of Jesus on our life and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and then we will see God multiply the influence of the kingdom of God through our lives.